How beautiful was that cow? <laughs> uh, I live in Wisconsin. I see too many cows. <laughs> You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wild and wonderful world of of streaming teen cinema and adult rom-coms. I am one of your co-hosts, Martha Sullivan, library manager and YA lit appreciator. And I am here, as always, with my co-host. I'm Martin Higman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. And before we get into the episode today, just want to do a real quick check-in. You and I both work in libraries. School is out for the summer. How is summer reading going for you so far, Marin? <laughs> well, I think I got the first taste this Saturday. I naively, I, I worked this Saturday, and I naively walked in and proclaimed, It's a beautiful day! We're going to be so quiet! I had all these grand oh, plans of getting stuff done. Oh sweet oh, summer child! <laughs> what was have I? Have you not? Have you not been through a summer reading program? Oh, before? I have been through two. But what was ironic okay. was that our children's room was completely quiet. Like our children's librarian got like two questions all day. What? It was all adults. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it was weirdly, it wasn't even a, a summer reading. I almost wonder if people were coming in to use our air conditioning, which, let's be honest, I was very grateful to be in the library air conditioning. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, um, yeah, real, uh, yeah. So that was like my, oh, yeah, okay. This is my little preview. Summer reading's happening. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, how is summer reading going for you? Uh, so far, so good. We have more adults signed up than children right now, which is wild. That is very um, interesting. We have also, we are using a program called Beanstack to do our program entirely online. And if you have participated in one of our programs before, going back to last mm -hmm. summer, then you can sign up yourself just by signing into your Beanstack account and clicking the new box next to the summer reading challenge. So, so excuse me, sign up has never been easier. Yeah, my coworker um, and I were reminiscing on the pre-Beanstack days. We were like, remember that time we used a Google Forum spreadsheet? Which was very, like, very well constructed. But yeah. it meant that we had to do everything. Yeah. Yep. Good times. We were like, oh yeah, thanks Beanstack. <laughs> Um, but anyway, now that we are into summer, uh, we have selected an appropriately summertime movie uh, to kick off our month of June for everybody. This uh, this week we watched Caught by a Wave, the 2021 Netflix original uh, written and directed by Massimiliano Camaiti and also written by Claudio, Claudia Bottini. It stars Elvira Camerone as Sarah, Roberto Christian as Lorenzo, Donatella uh, Finocciaro as Sarah's mother, Susanna, uh, Corrado Invernizzi as Sarah's father, Boris, uh, Sofia Miliara as Sarah's friend, Barbara, mm -hmm. 
and Vincenzo Amato as Antonio, who I believe is Lorenzo's sailing coach. Uh, Marin, would you like to give us a brief rundown of what Caught by a Wave is all about? Oh, before we get into that, spoiler warning at the top of the episode where it should go. Uh, if you have not watched Caught by a Wave, we are about to dissect it in detail. So give us a quick pause. Go peep that if you'd like to watch it uh, spoiler free. And then come back. We will be here when you are finished. And with that, Marin, would you like to give us a brief rundown of what Caught by a Wave is all about? Sure. Uh, so Caught by a Wave is about two teens, uh, Sarah and Lorenzo, who meet at sailing camp. Um, Sarah is a participant and Lorenzo is like a helper slash instructional assistant um, they definitely have a spark of something, um, but Sarah um, seems resistant. Um, they they go on a little adventure over the course of summer, or over the course of the sailing camp. Um, but at the end of the camp, Sarah kind of says goodbye and thinks that's that. And then in a very grease moment, um, Lorenzo turns up um, at her school. Um, so they are thrown together again, um, and it comes out that the reason Sarah is reluctant to pursue a relationship with Lorenzo is that she has, I believe, muscular dystrophy. Correct. Um, and so, you know, we'd seen her have a, a sprain, um, in her ankle during sailing that doesn't seem to get better, um, so there have been little clues, um, but then it is revealed that she has muscular dystrophy, um, and that is the reason she does not want to pursue this relationship. Um, and from there, the movie kind of rapidly pivots um, to a film about how Sarah manages her pain, manages her treatments, um, kind of pushes Lorenzo back and pushes him away and closer. Um, and, um, how, yeah, she goes through a new treatment, um, which involves a lot of swimming, um, that seems to help. Um, and this all culminates when Lorenzo, so it, it does turn out that Sarah, what, was a very competitive sailor and, and had come in second place in some regattas. There is a whole subplot about Lorenzo's, um, sponsor for his sailing co competitions, um, and he, his sailing partner, um, gets really drunk at a club, and so they lose their sponsorship, so Lorenzo and his dad refurb this boat, and he convinces Sarah to do this regatta with him, so the movie culminates in them sailing together. Um, they do really well at first, but then they get <laughs> caught by the titular wave, um, but are so proud. I just got that. Yep. I'm sorry. I just got that. <laughs> it's very literal. Like, yep. Um, and then, but they are still very proud of themselves because um, they did so well. Um, and then the film cuts to the future um, where Lorenzo is, oh, and I didn't even mention Sarah's best friend, Barbara, who is great. Um, she, yes. <laughs> 
and who it seems to be her voice of reason about um you know being up front with Lorenzo um yep and then cut to the end Lorenzo and Barbara um or is it Lorenzo giving Barbara a piece of jewelry or Barbara giving him a piece of jewelry the implication is that Sarah has passed on and they are yeah Barbara Barbara gives Lorenzo the necklace that we've seen Sarah wear okay. the whole movie yeah so she gives him the necklace I couldn't remember if like they were just talking about it or if she had actually had it anyway um yep so the so the the heavy implication there is that Sarah has died um there's also parent parent subplots um so Sarah's parents um, are clearly not together at the beginning of the film, but her dad moves back in um, during, you know, to help support them during her treatments. Um, the other kind of parental drama is Lorenzo's dad is a caretaker at this yacht club, and he is initially not upfront with Sarah about that that is his dad. Um, and so um, there is also kind of some upstairs, downstairs, like Loren, like. Sarah's family very clearly has a lot of money, um, and Lorenzo's doesn't. All right. Is there anything I missed? No, I think you got it. Cool. That was not, that was, um, (laughs) thematic rather than linear, but I think that's fine because this movie doesn't really have a, like, tight linear plot. I, I think this movie is much more interested in, like zeroing in on those little on these little moments of Sarah and her illness um so i think that's part of why i feel like this movie was pretty impressionistic um it was it yeah it feels almost like a series of emotive moments rather than a cohesive like um plot point to plot point right Right, like, um, f- for example, so one one moment that presumably should have been a major plot point, so the reveal of Sarah's disease to Lorenzo, which is actually done by her parents. Her parents... Oh, I got so mad about that. Oh, me too. So her parents are like, you can't, like, you have to tell him. And so one day he's hanging outside their apartment, they call him in, they tell him that she has this disease. We see none of it. We just see her arrive home and him sitting there. So, like, what should be this major moment in the plot is is not even shown. It kind of worked for me, though, because I saw that and I was like, all right, I know exactly how this goes. He's going to leave. She's going to think that he's mad at her. For She's going to think that he's upset because of the disease. He's mad because she didn't tell him about it. It's going to be a whole thing. And we actually resolve it pretty quickly. Like, they have a moment where he's like, you should have told me. And she's like, well, yeah. And then he starts taking her to her physical therapy. So I was I was kind of glad that I had, like, seen this whole conflict play out but we didn't really have to go through that because her being sick is already a big enough, like awful thing that we didn't also need to invent reasons for them to fight. I mean, I guess more just like, I feel like we didn't get to see like his initial reaction. We didn't get to see, I don't know. To me, it almost felt like a shying away Mm -hmm. rather than 
like being a deliberate choice to like and I don't know I guess there's also partly too like this is absolutely situated in a long and storied tradition going back to Nicholas Sparks and a walk to remember <laughs> of sick teen movies and and I think the the probably the intent was to not recreate like those beats that you're describing that do feel so familiar but I don't know I just watched that and I was like wait so like we just skipped over that okay like I don't know to me it just felt like more of a I guess I should say like sorry I'm not phrasing this well but like Rather than, it didn't feel like an active choice, it just felt like, oh, you don't want to write this scene because you feel like it's probably somewhat cliched and you don't want to put a different take on it. Okay. Oh, We're see, just going I to avoid it altogether. I actually think this movie was entirely unconcerned with ex- expectations and tropes. I was thinking about this a lot because this is an Italian film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the a lot of the kind of expectant plot beats i would have expected if this movie had been made in america we would have gotten that confrontation i just don't think this movie was interested in that conflict i don't think it was trying to avoid it or skip it i think that this movie was like the important part about this is not them fighting it's about how he ultimately chooses to support her so that was where the focus of the movie ended up being, which I appreciated. I don't know. To me, it just, like, it... Because there was so little moments of actual, like, tension, it just made it feel anodyne to me. Like, I just was like, oh, okay. I don't See, know. And I, I actually wanted a little more of that tension. Because it, it just, like, I almost... There were parts of this movie I almost fell asleep. Oh, I didn't... I was not bored by this movie. I actually thought it was really... I thought the focus of the movie was... The focus of the movie is with Sarah. And it like ultimately, this movie is not about her romance with Lorenzo. It's about her coming to terms with her illness and her physical limitations. And... In that sense, I found it to be really kind of meditative and also really lovely as she kind of reconciles her relationships with her parents and watching her be supported by Barbara and Lorenzo and how she, um, you know, she gets that beautiful moment in the museum with Lorenzo and she gets to go sailing again. For, For me, like, I didn't. I didn't really need a conflict. Like the the conflict wasn't really what the movie was about. It was about watching somebody who's going to die come to terms with the fact that she's going to die. Yeah, I mean, I think that the um actress, so oh, what's her name? Elvira Camerone, I think she did a great job um portraying Sarah's emotions. I think it just it felt understated to the point of I had trouble, like, it just felt so understated that I had trouble actually, like, feeling the emotions it was trying to evoke in me. Oh, I see. I think if it had been more overt, it would have felt exploitative. 
I actually, I, I very much appreciated that it was more subtle because I didn't feel like the director was trying to like force her tragedy in my face. Um, but this may very much be a your mileage may vary kind of situation. Yeah, and I and it's not that I wanted the like, you know, you're my only hope dance scene from Walk to Remember, but it just <laughs> it was one of those things where, and this is something I feel often. Um, I I think this is one of those things where. The writers of this movie cared so much about being impressionistic, about about documenting these little, like, domestic moments that kind of strung together that rather than actually felt like a plot, that I didn't feel like I was being led anywhere. And I, I am someone who is very critical of subtlety, an understatement. I I think it's something that's heavily overvalued in storytelling. Um, so and so this also, like you said, this might be a, your mileage may vary. I am my my tendency is always more is more, and when I when I see filmmakers try to do this understatement and subtlety, I it doesn't automatically ping for me. And I, I kind of, I appreciate it when um, filmmakers trust their audience to pick up what they're putting down. Like, I didn't, I, I feel, I, I keep thinking about how this movie would have been different if it had been made um, by American filmmakers. And I feel like we would have had voiceover and they're like, Sarah and Lorenzo would have had a fight and it would have just been kind of more over the top and I don't think that movie is bad like I think I probably still would have liked that movie but I like that this was not that I liked that this was not the movie I expected it to be like as soon as we find out that Sarah's got muscular dystrophy I was like oh no it's a it's a dead teen movie and it it is because she dies but also that did not automatically mean I knew every beat that was about to play out on the screen. And I appreciated that. I enjoyed just sort of kind of being rocked gently by this extremely beautiful, like aesthetically beautiful movie um, that has an ending that I found to be very tastefully done. I really, I appreciated that we didn't have to see Sarah in the hospital. I appreciated that we didn't have to see her die. The, the sequence is like, it's very clear what happens, but without any um, kind of parade of morbidity. And I, I liked that. It was different. It was not what I was expecting from what the, what I realized the subject of the movie was. And I, I enjoyed getting a different take on that story. See, and I think I missed the tension in the drama because it is inherently a teens dying is inherently a dramatic story. So for me, that was missing because I feel like, you know, her dying is a big thing. Like, let it be big. And and that doesn't mean a like, you know, like, what's that scene? I feel like there's a scene near the end of Fault in Our Stars where Shailene Woodley just, like, loses it. Like, we don't need, like, that scene. But I just felt like, again, like, the word I come back to is, like, 
anodyne. Like it just felt anodyne. Um, well, and I guess I guess for me, the ending didn't have any less of an impact for its quietness. Yeah, and for me, it did, and not even because of the ending, but because throughout the film, it did not make me. Because it was so quiet, I didn't register the emotional punches the movie wanted me to take. And I think when you are doing something subtle and something restrained, um, I don't know, to me, it just, I'm, I'm glad this type, this version of that story exists, but it just, it was not for me. Because to me, this is inherently a dramatic story. Like, and and so to me that was just a mismatch of of tone and what the story was trying to tell. Well, and I don't know that I found it less dramatic for being less emphatic, I guess. Like it's still I I still found it to be a very impactful story. Um I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that there were definitely some lovely things in this movie. I think the scenery looked beautiful. I think it was beautifully shot. Um, I think that yeah, it was it was refreshing for this not to have an American setting. Um, you know, it it was very refreshing um, to to have this. Um, you know, story that has been made before be put in this new place, but I it did not evoke for me to go along with an understated and subtle film, I have to get invested somehow and it just didn't invest you... me. Oh, that's a bummer. I I thought that the the actors playing Sarah and Lorenzo were so stinking cute. I loved them together. I thought Sarah's face was doing some really great work. Um, I also, even though I got really mad at them, I loved her parents. I loved that they clearly are, like, they are divorced people who are trying to figure it out. Um, but the movie didn't feel the need to give us like their whole dirty history. It was just like, we will show you context clues and you will understand what we are, like what we're putting down. Um, I don't know. I felt like the actors did a really good job of kind of communicating the relationships between these people without needing um, a lot of exposition or like explanatory. Like there's never a scene where Sarah explains to Lorenzo like, my parents are separated and my dad lives in a hotel. Like we just, we just get that. And I think part of that is how effective um, the actors all are. Yeah. And it's, it's not even, I don't think the actors didn't do a good job. Cause I think they, I, I think they did. I, I think you are right that the movie, like them together is very cute and compelling. And the movie only gave us the barest hint of that because like you said, the story we're focused is on Sarah and uh, her illness, but because 
we didn't get more time of I think I just I needed more time of them together and happy be, because there was so little of that. It's like their whole summer camp experience though. That's like 5 minutes. Like <laughs> it was the first third of the movie. It was not okay. Okay. Let that me That sequence where they Go and watch the fireworks, and that old couple is dancing adorably outside the bodega. That's like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Out of a 99-minute movie. Okay, but, um, like, that's a lot of screen time. <laughs> I, I think because you didn't connect with their story that you're undervaluing the stuff that we did get. And I don't mean that as a criticism. I'm just... I'm just observing because I do not, I felt that we got quite a bit of their, um, of seeing them be cute and adorable. They get to run away to that cave. They have that little beach makeout session. Okay. I need to like look up the timestamp when they, I will look up we the timestamp. No, we are not about to. Do <laughs> okay, that. fine. I don't know. Cause like that part of the movie was fun and then it was over really quickly. And then, the other, you know, 85 minutes of this movie was, um, well, and, okay. About Sarah dealing with her illness, because that's the, the primary focus of the movie. But, like, that didn't give me enough time to be, like, oh, no, like, this is, like, their sweet romance is gonna end, oh, my God. Like, I don't think the movie cared about that though like I, I don't know that the movie wanted you to feel that but then like why okay I guess this is the other question I have then is like why so like I, I understand that the movie is trying to tell this story but then how I guess for me then, part of why it just doesn't work as, or, and I shouldn't even say I disliked it. I thought it was fine, but it wasn't, again, it, it didn't take me where I think it wanted me to go. And, and I think part of that is just because, like, it was so quiet. I didn't feel any of those relationships like, really hard enough to, like, be devastated for Sarah that she was going through this. And I I think that just becomes a difference between what the movie wants you to feel and what you wanted to feel. Because, again, I, I don't think the movie's going for devastation. I think at the end, you are supposed to be sad. Yeah, and I, I again, I mostly just was like, oh, Okay, it's over. All right. Like, sad sad that she has died, obviously, because a teenager dying is always awful. Um, at, like, not necessarily at peace with Lorenzo, but also, like, she, she got to do something that she loved again that she didn't think that she was going to be able to do. Um... She, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think the movie wanted you to be on the ground sobbing at the end. Because I, I think that the movie wants, 
wants us to have enjoyed the time we spent with Sarah and take that with us and move on into our lives, which is clearly what Lorenzo is going to ultimately end up doing, which is good. That's healthy, the healthy way to process grief. I mean, that just means I'm going to forget about it, though. <laughs> like, I don't... Well, and whether or not that affects you is a is a different question. Like, yeah. Again, I think a movie can be I think a movie can be successful at what it was trying to do. And you are still allowed to say what it was trying to do didn't work for me. I think I I think I'm going to double down on I think that this movie is a is a version of a teen dying story made weaker by the fact that it is trying to match an inherently dramatic story to a very quiet tone. And I actually think that it's more effective because it does not hinge on um, trying to push me into artificially feeling something for people like through conflict rather than actual emotional development, hmm. which is usually how I feel about teen dying stories. It's like, instead of character development, you have simply tried to make me sad and then I just get resentful at the way that you have tried to make me feel sad. And I didn't feel that way about this movie. Mm. Yeah, I think, though, again, it's, not... just, it's just quiet to the point of, like, not... It's just so quiet. It's like a whisper of a movie. Mm, disagree. I think the visuals alone take it out from being a, a whisper. I mean, the visuals were beautiful. I mean, can I please go to Italy and eat... 15 bowls of pasta. That sounds uh, great. Can we, real quick sidebar, can we talk about how much I appreciated it that all these girls eat? Yes. I felt like in almost every scene, Sarah or Barbara or Sarah's mother was eating something. And I was like, yes, you're in Italy. Get it. Also, share with me. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So much. Which food. is. Which she and Barbara are both athletes. Like that's totally you, you you carb up when you're about to go do something athletically strenuous. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of good food. Barbara was the best. Barbara was the best. Barbara was easily the best part of this movie. Yes, she was everybody's, she was the get a grip friend that everybody needs. I also, I love the scene where Lorenzo is outside of Sarah's room and texting her. And Barbara's like, he's a serial killer and also a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she's only partially being serious, but also it's like, no, sometimes you do need, you do need the person in your life who's like i know that you're very very happy right now but let us let us maybe pull back just a bit make sure you're okay let's you know get get in touch with reality here just like a little bit just a little bit yeah barbara was the best although i do have to say i was very sad by how wide light i mean whatever they're italian teens they're gonna be more stylish than i'm ever gonna be in my life but their pants were very wide-legged, which made me afraid. I was like, oh no, the Italian teens are truly, like, the fashion trendsetters. Does that mean that wide-legged of pants are coming for us soon? Dear, please God, no. Here's the thing about the wide-legged pant. 
I am a short round person, so that will never look good on me. Exactly. Same. And I have recently turned 34, which means I could not care less about what the young people think is trendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, so if the youngins decide that the super wide leg, the super wide leg trouser is back, Godspeed. I mean, the problem, though, is that means that my access to non-wide-legged pants at, you know, cheap stores I like to, to shop at, such as Old Navy, is going to decrease. See, but I think Old Navy will always have a jegging option, particularly after this last year that we have had, where people are still so very, very reluctant to roll back into anything resembling like uncomfortable work clothes. That's true. I think they'll always have an option. I just think those options will decrease. Yeah. I really liked the color coding of the clothing in this movie. I liked how Sarah and her mother were both frequently in like a very strong combo of red and blue. It made it like nautical, but not overly so and also there was just a lot of good stripes a lot of very good stripes in the fashion of this movie there were there were also a lot of good v-necks which i appreciate Mm -hmm. did not love the sojourns into the wealthy yacht club i was like i don't care about any of you yeah anytime you start talking about the regatta i'm like "Mm." Yeah, not for me, bro. But then also, like, sailing is such a wealthy person's sport. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't, I was not invested in the whole storyline with Lorenzo's uh, friend. Um, And, like, his ability to yacht, what was the friend's name? Francisco, that was it. Yeah, wasn't there something about, like, being caught at a club or whatever? I tuned out. I tuned out for that pretty hard. I was like, hmm. In that case, I do think that they did not do nearly enough to make me care about uh, Lorenzo's friends. Like, I don't know who these people are, and I don't care. Yeah, I mean, that again, that was one of the plot lines. I was just like, huh, this is happening. Okay. Which is... Yeah, I was mostly just very much there for Sarah. If we had learned nothing about Lorenzo... Oh, well, I liked his aunt. I liked his dad and his aunt. His home life can stay. Um, yeah, the aunt was cool. His, his two crappy friends can <laughs> leave. Yep. Um, yeah, that was that whole plotline was entirely unnecessary. Could have cut those ten minutes and be a tight 90. I'm just saying, more <laughs> movies should be a tight 90 minutes. <laughs> I will watch anything at 90 minutes. (laughs) Um, Which is kind of the thesis of this podcast. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is true. We, Um, um, last night, Pete and I were trying to decide what to watch. So we try to save, like, because I don't like to watch, because basically all Pete ever wants to watch are, like, serious movies, and all I ever want to watch are, like, Magic Mike 15 times and so we compromised by finding like 
some movies in the middle there. And we actually found a couple kids' movies that were, like, mildly uplifting. And they were both, like, over 90 minutes. And we were like, what is this? Why are these kids' movies? Like, part of the appeal of this is you're supposed to be 90 minutes. And they were both, like, 120. Eh, no, it was less than so have you Have you watched The Mitchells versus The Machines that yet? Was, that was one of them. Utterly delightful. I think okay I can't remember if you were the one to initially tell us that I think also Mark mentioned something because apparently there's a pug some kind of dog question mark but yeah that is the other we will be watching that maybe on Thursday night maybe even tomorrow but yeah um, any other thoughts or feelings that we want to share about Caught by a Wave? Um, can I go to Italy, please? That's my main oh my God. takeaway. I will tell you, one of the, one of my main, um, one of the driving forces behind me picking this movie was, man, I want to go to Italy. <laughs> I know this movie is about to be pretty. Yep. Uh, my other takeaway, I'm trying to, f- I was trying to figure out what there was like a beautiful flag that was frequently in the background that was like blue and I white. Wondered, I wondered if that was like the sailing club's flag. It must be because it is not the, initially I thought it was because they mentioned being in Palermo or near Palermo. So I was like, oh, maybe that's the Palermo flag. It is not. It is not. Yeah, I wonder if it's the sailing club flag. That's a good idea. That was a that was a good bit of design. Uh well, my friend, what would you recommend to our listeners to read or enjoy um after Caught by Wave or instead of Caught by Wave? So, I I stuck with the nautical themed here. Um so this, like, thematic, well, for a romance novel, this has some pretty heavy themes, I guess. I am going to go with uh, Nora Roberts' um, Chesapeake Bay series, um, especially the first one called Sea Swept. Um, also, because I don't feel like I, were, I recommend enough Nora on this podcast, so here we go. Um, and it is about the Quinn family, whose dad dies at the beginning of the book, um, and right before, several months before he died, he took in this, like, 11-year-old, and no one knows why. So these brothers have to come together to help raise this 11-year-old, figure out what was going on with their dad when they died, when he died, and then they also start a boat-building business. So there is a whole lot about boat-building and time spent in the water, which is why I thought about it. And there's also, like, for... For a romance novel, there's some heavy stuff in here, like dad dying. There there would be some spoilery content warnings I could put on here, too. But yeah, Sea Swept by Nora Roberts. It's a classic. It's a good one. Um, there's a very sweet love story involving the oldest brother and social worker. Yep, it's a good one with boats. Martha, what would you recommend? Well, I went more on the Italian side oh. of this story. Um, I am recommending a YA novel called Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans Welch. Uh, This is a book about Lena, who is spending the summer in Tuscany to get to know her father, 
which was her mother's dying wish before she passed away. Um, But because of the circumstances and because Lena doesn't really know her father, she cannot appreciate Italy uh, for the beauty that it is and just wants to go home uh, until she finds a journal that was written by her mom while she was living in Italy. Uh, So then the book becomes uh, the the journey of Lena following... um, her mother's journal, like all of the the things that she found and saw in Tuscany and kind of retracing her mother's steps. Uh, and also she meets a very cute boy uh, in amongst all of the bakeries and art museums and secret beautiful hideaways that now she gets to share with her mom. So it's got a little romance. It's got a little bit of uh, wishful travel uh, and has a lot about the secrets that families keep from themselves and what it can mean to discover those. Oh, now I just want some gelato. Oh, I think I have ice cream oh. in my fridge. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, but before we dismiss for ice cream, why don't you tell our listeners what movie we're talking about next time? Yeah. So next time we are going to talk about Modern Persuasion, um, which is on Hulu. Um, and it just came out... Um, believe within the last few months here um and it is a remake of the classic jane austen persuasion uh which i have never read no i would say it it is definitely my favorite of austen i think Uh, you are not the yeah you're not the first person that i've heard say that yeah i think it is the best one so i think um of the ones to read that is all right yeah i keep meaning to see if i can find some of these like classic authors if i can get them on audio i feel like jane austen would be really good as an audiobook oh definitely because all the dialogue yeah yeah absolutely i wonder if like i know that like overdrive has a bunch at least in wisconsin i don't know if this is also true in illinois but we have a bunch of, like, those classics that are on our, like, always available collection um, on Overdrive. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to see. I know we are part of an electronic consortium, which allows us to share Overdrive purchases with um, a handful of other libraries in the state of Illinois to keep our ebook costs down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will have to look and see what we have available. But yeah, like I said, I feel like Jane Austen would make really good listening material. Ooh, do you guys have Hoopla? We do. Because I can, I can tell you it's on Hoopla. Fantastic. So, and I think Hoopla uh, collections are, well, actually, now that I think about it, I can't remember who determines Hoopla collections. It is on our Hoopla collection, so that gives me hope. It could be on yours. I was going to say, I think Hoopla determines what's in your Hoopla collection. I don't think that we actually can make decisions. I think Hoopla is just... I think it's you're like right. Netflix where they have like their their collection, which they get through whatever distribution rights, and then we libraries pay per use. Okay. I think, um, yeah. That sounds familiar. I feel like someone has, has told me that. Yeah, I'm in charge of our Hoopla budget now, so I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is so... You're like, yep, I I, talk about this a lot. 
Like, I want people to use Hoopla, but also stop using Hoopla. <laughs> um, well, and now that we have gone completely off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you are looking for more from us or really more from me you should check out did you do your homework our sister show that updates on the same feed every other on alternating wednesdays uh, you can follow our shared social media feeds everywhere at dydyh podcast uh, and you can follow me individually on all social media platforms at magical martha including a tiny letter newsletter that i write whenever i feel like it uh, which you can find at tinyletter.com forward slash magical Martha. Uh, Marn, where can people find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced, uh, where I pretty much exclusively tweet about romance novels these days. Yeah, I tweet a lot about horror. Um, I tweet a lot about Mass Effect. Uh I post a lot of Instagram photos of my guinea pigs. So if that is of interest to anybody, my my furry little tater tots, my baked potatoes. Oh. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I definitely check out Did You Do Your Homework? Because June is a solid month of Westerns. We are talking about classics we're talking about modern we're talking about the weird stuff it's just all westerns all the time uh and it is super fun and something that i am very much enjoying um i believe that's gonna do it for us thank you all so much for listening we will see you in two weeks and just remember that we love you <laughs>